What is up, everybody? Joe Stib here with you. And Anaya Bogue. And this is Rad Parenting. I hope that you're in your car alone because we're going to talk about a topic today. You might not be ready to talk about in front of your kids. Eek. It's a tough topic, but I think we got to tackle it right now. Sex education. Very What's, important stuff. Yeah. You have an analogy that you keep saying to me every time we brought up this topic. I use a lot of analogies, Joe. Which one? Well, you, when talking about sex, oh, said what? people need to be educated. Yeah. No different, no different than- The car? Than a, driving a car. Uh, I used a surfing analogy. You said, you wouldn't just send your kid out surfing. He's never surfed before in huge surf. You'd educate him on the That's ocean. Right. The currents. Let them know where the lifeguard tower is. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's such a good one. Yeah, I always use the car analogy. Like, just because they're 16, they have a license. You're not like, okay, good luck with that. See you later. You want to make sure they know how to to work the car, how not to crash and kill themselves or somebody else. Uh, Yeah, I mean, education, education, education. Yet we're so uptight about sex. Let's talk about first, what age would you feel you talk to your son or your daughter about sex? Well, I mean, I think that it's the topic of sex is very broad. And so as a rule of thumb, I think in parenting, we always have to follow our children's lead. So when they start asking questions is the right time. And it just means that the answers have to be age appropriate and you allow their specific questions as they continue to unfold to guide how much information they're ready for. Because I think their questions are indicative of how much they're ready to know. So if your son or daughter age three is asking, where do babies come from? Right. They They come from a mommy's belly. And then they say, how do you make the baby? We had that with our kids. Our kids were asking really early. And and at one point, I think my daughter was crying, tell me how you make babies. Like literally. Yeah. And my wife and I are both sitting there. And my wife, I guess what you said, had to give an age appropriate answer. Yes, yes. And it is tough. Like when they're pushing that hard, and that is, I mean, I, I know your daughter, so that doesn't surprise me that much. She's definitely a curious soul, and I love that about her. Um, but yeah, I think that generally speaking, they're they're not they're not gonna go that far. If they do, then you'd say, Well, when a mommy and daddy really love each other, um, they decide they want to bring a new baby into the world, then they work together to get that baby into the mommy's belly. And now that's probably going to lead to the next question, but how, how does, and then, you know, you have to just, I did it with my seven-year-old unexpectedly, like three days ago, and just let her questions continue to guide me. And I could tell like, okay, you know, okay, we're going to talk about sperm, sperm are like tadpole. Well, how do the sperm or how do the tadpoles get inside? And I had to just lay it all out for her. Like one question after another. The key was that I was not uptight. I wasn't freaking out. I wasn't making it a topic that was shameful so that she'd stop asking me questions because that's when we're in trouble. Shame is a key word right now. Yes. Now shame for me, I I wouldn't say, I haven't ever shamed my kids when we've talked about sex, but I will say they have definitely seen dad getting embarrassed, yeah, red faced. Yeah. And and that's my hang up. I think just talking about sex with my kids. Yeah. We're very uptight. I mean, there's sort of this like puritanical, you know, thing that we have going on in this part of the world um, where, you know, everybody's doing it, but we have this thing about like not talking about it. And it's so absurd. And if you, if your children learn from early on, and there's a few topics that fall into this category, that that's something that, you know, clearly makes mommy or daddy uncomfortable. I better not ask about that. The next people they're going to ask are their friends who know way less than you do. And, and so we have to make a conscious decision that we want our kids to have the best information, the most accurate information, which P.S., there's only like 13 states in the nation that actually require sex education classes 
that are taught to be scientifically and medically accurate. So you can't even count on the schools to make sure that your kids are going to be well-educated. So it's on us. We, we have to do it. And we have to think of it in terms of giving our kids the tools to make informed decisions that are going to keep them safe. How period. does the conversation go with your son or daughter if they haven't brought it up to you? Mm. Let's say we'll move forward to teenagers. Mm -hmm. You got a 12-year-old, you got a 13-year-old. They've never asked you any questions about sex. How do you open the door to have that conversation to begin education on your end with them? Wow. Like to me, and see, that's, that is way harder to have to be like, so let's uh, sit down and talk about this. And, and to me, that means I, it, for me, that would mean I had failed. If, if my child has not come to me and, and she's, you know, I mean, let's just say even 13, hormones are raging. She is curious without question if she is developmentally on point. And if she's not asking me any questions, she's asking somebody. I'm just using the example of myself. I mm-hmm. never talked to my parents about sex. Mm-hmm. Sure, this generation of parenting that we're doing, I we're having those conversations with our kids as they grow up. Mm-hmm. But for someone that's listening to the show right now that might say, yeah, you know what, Joe's right. My, I haven't spoken to my kids about sex. Maybe it's time that I open that conversation up. For that parent listening right now. Yeah. I think how, I think you start you with I think you start with what you just said. You know what? Here's the deal. When I was your age, nobody talked to me about this, and so I had to run around trying to like piece things together, hope that the friends that knew less than I did might have a gem or two, and 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 put it together and cross my fingers and hope for the best. I don't want it to be that way for you. So I want you to know any questions that you have, you can always come to me in exactly that tone. Not and you have to do it when you know that you can do it in a in a genuinely like calm, grounded. This is no big deal. Just like if you uh, you know, whenever you think you're ready to kind of get behind the wheel, you know, we can always go to a parking lot and drive around in circles where it's super safe, just for you to get a feel for what that's like. How do you deal with the the awkward dad? I can't believe you're talking to me about this. Yeah. Well, so I would be like, well, if look, if you are old enough to be thinking about this and and your body's getting revved up for this, then you have to be you have to be ready to like have a conversation like this. This is a this is an adult topic. I've learned with whenever I do get that response, Dad, I can't believe you're bringing this up. I always have to. That's the first time I bring it up. Then I have to bring it up again. Uh-huh. Then I have to bring it up again. Yeah. So by the fourth Ease or fifth time, it. we ease into it either with my son or with my daughter, and then finally yeah. we can have those conversations. And I mean, what I would say, to, what I would say to parents is, is really, and this is why parenting begins from the time you start thinking about having that kid. Is it has to? I was blessed to grow up in a household where sex was not a shameful topic. Period. There were playful jokes told about it. There was various paraphernalia on on our fireplace. You know, on my, the fireplace. Uh, uh, yeah, like my. I remember my mom and dad had these like mugs, and like one was a breast, and the other one had like a penis as a handle, and I was just like little things like that told me that it's just that's just not a big deal it's meant to be a fun open topic holidays at your house must have been a blast hilarious i want the breast cup right give me the penis (laughs) wow yeah i did not have we did not have i grew up in the 70s but there were not penis mugs in my house well i too grew up in the 70s so i guess you just weren't you know as blessed as i was i take that back we did grow up in the mountains and uh, I grew up in Santa Cruz Mountains, and there were mm. the hippie. Mm-hmm. My parents, you know, grew up in the redwood trees, and there was the neighbors across the street that were always naked. And I yeah. never thought anything different about it. Yeah, so you probably there. weren't uptight. Yeah, I wasn't that uptight. I, I don't know where the uptightness. Where do you think the uptightness comes as we get older about sex? Hmm. 
That's a really good question. I mean, I do think that it's it's just sort of pervasive in our culture. Like you go into European culture, they're just they just don't have the same uptightness about nudity. I mean, look at the ongoing conversation about women breastfeeding in public. Are you kidding me? We can we can show breasts to sell hamburgers and beer, but we can't show breasts when they're feeding a child, which is their primary purpose. It's just yeah, we we're super uptight in this part of the world. Yeah, and I think that maybe the awkwardness comes from when it's your own son or daughter. Sure. Participating in that act, the same act that you did to make them, yes. you yes. feel awkward about describing it. And I, I, I have to bring this up. Uh, I have a daughter. I have a uh-huh. son. Got to have the conversation with both of them. Yeah. And I think sometimes as a father, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but I know that sometimes those conversations with my daughter are a little bit more awkward mm-hmm. than, say, a conversation with my son. He's a little too young right now to have that conversation. He knows what's going on. But right. you know, with a teenage daughter, those conversations are more at the forefront. Well, I think, I think a, and that's a really, really important piece here, is that I believe that part of the reason that we are less uptight or, and I think some of the uptightness, uptightness comes from pure fear, right? We are afraid. The ramifications, although our sons could also get sexually transmitted diseases or infections, STIs is the new, the new STD, but um, it, with girls, the ramifications are even greater. That's part of it. But it's also that we have this thing around female sexuality and, and our ideas about what it is and isn't supposed to be. So we're terrified that if we encourage our daughter to be a healthy sexual being and in charge of her body, that she's going to be running around having sex with everybody. And then what are people going to say about us as parents because our daughter is a quote unquote slut? That is ridiculous. Whereas if we heard that our son was out sowing his oats, wow, that's my boy. I mean, it's absurd. It's just absurd. So part of it has to be us becoming aware of our own programming. The double standard is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And And again, coming back, if you're afraid of your daughter and what could happen, make sure she is educated. Make sure she has as much information as possible. Because if girls are afraid to talk about sex, if they're afraid to tap into their who they are as sexual beings, they are going to always be the object of somebody else's sexual desire instead of the subject of their own. Making decisions for themselves, saying yes, saying no, saying how they like it and how they don't, that's what we should want for our daughters. Yeah, that's a key point right there. I love that. So, that, so what you're saying is a woman needs to be in control of what she her desires, what she wants sexually, and we need to break the stereotype that a man can know what he wants and a woman is just part of the act. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. And I really think that having a daughter, like for a lot of men, it is such an opportunity to turn all of your ideas about sex and, and what it is and should be and how that, you know, the coming together of a man and a woman should should be, that whole dance, it really puts it in perspective. All of a sudden you go, oh my, wait, wait, that's my daughter. And oh, all of those women that I was with were also somebody's daughter. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's when you start thinking like that, it changes everything. It does. I know for me as a father, as soon as I had a daughter that it opened my eyes Mm -hmm. to so many different ways that even I viewed women. Well, and I think- And breaking the stereotypes that I I was raised with. Yes. Not just in, you know, not in my household. In our household as a family, I didn't have stereotypes putting on, you know, in my beliefs, but just, you know, in society at that age growing up. There's lots of programming. And I think that to your point, you know, and it's ideal when you have a son and a daughter, because when you start to see the difference in how you perceive the two of them, then you start to realize, okay, so whose son is going to be- 
and interacting with my daughter, I need to make sure that my son is dialed in, that he knows, you know, yes, that it's totally natural to have sexual urges, but that he has a responsibility in terms of how he enters that union, how he treats the woman that he's, or, you know, young woman, whatever, um, that he's going to be with, um, because we, it can't just be put on our daughters. It just, it just can't. All right. Then that leads me to my next part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. We Bring fast, it. We fast forward from young children to now they're teenagers. Yeah. All right. Birth control, uh, STDs, uh-huh. STIs, as you said. <laughs> Let's first tackle birth control. Mm-hmm. When do you begin education of birth control with your son or daughter? And how do you let them know about birth control without saying, go out there and have as much sex as you want? Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so first of all, yeah, I think that that whole mentality of like putting birth control on the table as a possibility means that everybody's just going to be screwing their brains out. Like it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, it, it just, it just does not make any sense. I think that what we're saying is the fact is the desire to engage sexually is a fundamental human urge. It's life force energy. So start with, they're going to do it. Most, I think it's like 70% of, of kids by the time they're, you know, at the end of their teen years have had sex at least once. So those are, those are pretty high numbers. So if you start with, the, she's probably going to do it. He's probably going to do it. I need to make sure that he or she is safe, just like the surfing analogy, or you could use a swimming analogy. Make sure your kids can swim. If you know they're going to be around water, make sure your kid has some driving lessons if they're going to be behind the wheel. So telling them that, and, and as part of that conversation, making sure that they understand the responsibility that comes with it. This is, this is big time. You engage in a sexual act. You, I want you to have fun. I want you to make an informed choice. But I also want you to know that here are the, here are the risks. You could get pregnant. That would, be, that would change your life immediately. You could get a sexually transmitted uh, inf- infection. That's also going to change your life, especially the ones that stick around forever. <laughs> God. Right? So even when we put girls on the pill, which has its own, there's some concerns with the pill that I have, but it's a good one. You still have to be telling them that does not protect you from STI. So you have to use condoms. What about also teaching them? And I know that we just had this conversation. Boys can have as much sex as they want. Women still have the stereotype. Oh, if she has sex with more than one mm-hmm. guy, then you know mm-hmm. she's loose. She's a whore, yep. whatever. How do you bring that in in the conversation of like, hey, that still exists? You know, you may have a boyfriend for six months, and then you have another boyfriend for another year. Those social ramifications come along with having sex. Do you bring that into the conversation for a woman? Well, okay. First of all, for a young girl, she's already going to know it because it starts so early on. You, it would blow your mind. Like certainly throughout, I would say by fifth grade, when boys and girls are definitely getting interested in each other, even a girl that's like you know showing interest in one boy and then a, a month later showing interest is is going to be potentially up against that. By middle school, full blown. High school, forget about it. Okay. So I think again, saying to her, um, this is a reality. Certainly. The norm, the social norm should not be what dictates this very personal individual decision, but you need to know that it's there, you know, and, and, and we're going to work together. Like if something like that happens, but again, it's, it's very, it's a, it's dangerous territory because you don't want to be affirming ridiculous social behavior around the difference between girls and women engaging in a lot of sex versus boys and men engaging in a lot of sex, but you want to open the lines of communication so she can come and say, look, I'm getting bullied on Facebook. I can't tell you how many girls in the last few years, teenage girls, have committed suicide after being bullied for having engaged sexually. 
Yeah, there's a book that I read that I talk a lot about, uh, Strong Daughters, Strong Fathers. Meg Meeker wrote it, and the mm-hmm. first chapter was all about STDs. You mentioned STIs. Difference? Is there a difference? It's not. It's just a new... I think that there's like this uh, a slight difference between disease versus infection, and the I represents infection. But like you said, they stick around for a lifetime. Yeah. And she talks a lot about just the the percentages of those STDs that are out there, and also what happens when, some, when a, a boy... It gives it to the girl mm-hmm. and how the girl is, she's looked upon yes. as uh, not the victim. She's looked yeah. upon as, oh, you gave it to everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. And I think that, you know, part of the reason what we know is that when you have, when you're teaching abstinence only education and you're not you're not informing kids about birth control methods, they end up, the, the rates of pre- teen pregnancy are through the roof. Abstinence only education does not prevent pregnancy. All right, stop right there. Everyone that's listening. I know for me as a dad right now, and for all my dads out there, for all my moms that are listening, that right there, I think is the selling point that you just said. I hate to say selling point, but it's true. So what you're saying is, you know what? If you're like, I don't want my kid to get pregnant. I don't want my son to get an STD. I don't want any of that to happen mm-hmm. in our house. What you're saying right now is you got to educate. Absolutely. If you educate, you have a stronger possibility of none of those things happening. Yep. Pick up a couple books, get your head together, and sit down and have that conversation. Any books that you'd mention right now that we could t- uh, send our listeners to? Oh my gosh. You know, what, I will definitely make a list of them because I've got like a handful of really good ones I recommend all the time, but we'll make sure we put them up on the on the webpage. Okay, cool. So right now, with everything that's going on in society, with, uh, you know, I was going to say with social media, mm-hmm. with boys and girls, sex education, your whole point is it feels like the earlier you start, the better. Obviously, with the topics of what you're going to start with, don't start with STDs. You right. don't need to start that. But what you're saying is starting with our children as they're young, yep. where babies come from. Right. That's probably our best bet. Yes. And and in the Netherlands, they're starting with kids in school as young as kindergarten. And they're starting with just like those feelings of like, oh, what does it feel like in your body when you're like, you know, you have a little crush on so-and-so? Or how what's a way that we might express love for somebody that we really care about, right? We might hug them. We might give them a kiss. We So that from the beginning, it's a natural conversation that doesn't make sex this just like purely physical act, but part of some bigger, more complex, really beautiful dance that we engage in as human beings. Man, so much to digest and (laughs) think about that you just said. But what I love though, and I'm taking from this, is the conversations about sex start early. The more that we can educate our sons and daughters. Yes. Big point right there. Yes. Guys, let's not continue the stereotype of my son's going to go out and have sex with everyone, but no one's going to touch my little girl. Right. And guys, I can tell you right now, I, I was that guy. I'm not... It's hard not to be that. It's definitely a change of thought that I feel fathers need to go through. But together, I think that we can. And what you're saying is educate, educate, educate. Uh, We'll have a list of all of these books that people can go and check out. For sure. Sex education. That was our topic today. Anaya, thank you so much. My pleasure. I am learning so much every week. That, That was one of my favorites. All right. We'll see you guys all next week.